Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode 405 of Her, the podcast where you're going to hear the naked truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today, her nutrition. You have to eat. Listen to me. Eat. Um, and don't be doing in that silly stuff in the new year. You're going to be hearing from our repeat offender. That's right. It's Dr. Felicia Stoller <laughs> back again to set the course right as you start the new year, especially as it relates to nutrition and also physical activity. We've got a terrific show coming up. Just know that it's sponsored by Solaray, S-O-L-A-R-A-Y Vitamins. Now, if you're going to be taking good care of yourself and eating and doing all that stuff, you know as well as I do, wagging my finger again, that, you know, sometimes you have those days, maybe most times you have those days where you're not getting your vegetables and minerals and vitamins. And even though you swear that you're good, yeah, sometimes food is not enough because you don't even get to it. So that's where multiple vitamins help. Always know your vitamin D level. Ask your doctor um, because many people are very vitamin D deficient. There's so much more. Run on over to solaray.com to learn more. Uh, you need to really pay attention to this. And if any episode is going to make this clear, it's, it's today's episode. All right. Here's your first reminder to run on over to iTunes after the episode, rate and review the show, because I just sit around twiddling my fingers waiting to hear from you. I love your feedback. I do. I just do. So let's begin. Ah, it's just time for her. Her. The podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind. Her body. Her life. It's all about her. Now, Dr. Felicia Stoller is our expert guest today. Many of you have heard her before. She is absolutely fabulous. She's part of our crew here at the Her Podcast. She's a registered dietitian. She's kind of like all in one big package. You just think about this. Uh, so a registered dietitian, exercise physiologist, and an expert consultant in wellness and, and healthful living. I mean, seriously? So since when do you get someone who's got a PhD in exercise phys, is a registered dietitian, um, and can get on out there and put it all together? So what you have is someone who can answer all of our questions, all of them, every single one of them. Yes. So, Felicia, welcome back to the Her Podcast. Always great to be anywhere with you, Pam. Oh, my goodness gracious. So, you know, it's like how many times have we done this New Year's thing? Um, you know, it, it's the whole philosophy behind it. I'm going to just throw my bias out there right off the bat, and that is every single day of your life, every hour of your life is a perfect time to just reset, regroup, and just get it together. So you don't have to wait for January 1 and, you know, all the rest of it. It could be any time in your life. But we are sitting here at the beginning of, you know, the new year, 2023, and, you know, people are kind of thinking about it. You know as well as I do, Felicia, health is top of mind, right? Health is top of mind. It has to be. I mean... There is, there is nothing more priceless. I and mean, you can't put a value on good health 
because we certainly know how expensive it can be to be unwell, right? And to be sick. And, you know, the cost of healthcare being the way it is, I don't know why more people aren't striving to do, to do more where they can actually take their health, you know, by the bullhorns and really do something meaningful in a way to help reduce their risk and likelihood of being sick and running up a healthcare budget. That's, it seems like a no-brainer. Well, okay, so here's the thing. There's the cost thing, but there's also the mental cost, you know, the physical cost, let alone all the, you know, the economic and stuff. Let's let's pivot over to something that I know that the audience of the Her Podcast is just waiting to hear about, and that is teeny tiny steps that you could take to kind of evaluate where you are nutritionally and then make those, you know, take that first step toward progress that is, here's the caveat, that is sticky, that's going to be here six months from now, 12 months from now, you're building on it instead of what typically takes place, which is almost everything is gone. All those great ideas and whatever um, about, I'm going to clean up clean eating and I'm just going to go on out there and grab the first crazy ass, you know, uh, fad diet or something out there and, and leading with only one thing, not health and well-being, but I want to drop weight and all this stuff. So we got to make this simple, very, very simple. So it could be like, just go out and buy a crock pot. Just, you just buy the damn thing. And, and they're not that expensive. And now we're going to start putting together meals that are healthy and that you'll have in your fridge for the next several days for sure, right? That's what I mean, an example. So help us understand how someone who has, how shall we say this nicely, chaotic you know, eating, um, you know, on and off, and I'm okay on, you know, three days of the week, the rest of the time, it's just a crazy time. How can we get people to just take those first steps and make them stick? Oh my gosh. Well, there's a, I think that there are a lot of things that people can do. Uh, first of all, I think the most important thing most individuals can do is do a self-assessment. And that is literally write down what you eat every day for a week and start with that. Because I think, you know, we think that we perceive that we know how we eat, but then actually looking day to day to see how we really do eat. It's shocking. It's shocking. It's like, what? What did I just put in my mouth? Come on now. Exactly. And I think that that's the easiest way for people to sort of keep tabs on looking at what they take in on a regular basis and where there's room for improvement, because we can theoretically look at room for improvement, but then looking day to day, like, are you really eating any vegetables in a day? <laughs> you know, are you getting any servings of fruits? Are you getting any servings of grains? And I have found after being in private practice for over 24 years that most people are shocked when they have to do that little exercise when they come to see me one-on-one, -on -one, which is to write down everything you eat for five days. And when they take a look at it, usually by day five, they've altered their eating habits because they realize that whatever they thought they were doing, that might be good. And look again, like someone like myself isn't judging a good or bad, but certainly most of us know where there's room for improvement. And if there's not, that's why there are people like me that have jobs to help sort of clarify what mistakes you might be making or what are some ways that you can put some better foods into your body. So that is it healthy or is it not? Right. You know, I, I think that, you know, 
Uh, at least with fitness, when we talk about fitness, it's kind of straightforward, okay? Can you walk six blocks without dialing 911 for assistance? Okay, it, it, you've got metrics, you've got ways of looking at it. Um, no one is judging, saying, oh, you're an evil person or there's you know good and bad. It's like you could either walk or you can't. I mean, you know, um, you could either swim that, you know, in that lane um, or drown. I mean, you know, one way or the other, we're going to figure this out with fitness, right? But when it comes to nutrition, it's all fuzzy. It's so, it's and it's understandable because there's so much misinformation about what is considered nutritious and healthy. The word healthy isn't clearly defined. It's not a very black and white term. In fact, it's a bit of a rainbow term if you want to think about it, right? Because we want to encourage people to eat different colors of the rainbow. But because there are so many fad diets out there and there are a lot of people that skirt around advertising fad diets, which as you started the session off by stating, people are looking at weight instead of looking at health. And there are any number of things that I could point to that people look at as being most important. Some people think being vegan is most important. Some people think that avoiding certain types of carbohydrates are more important. Other people think that eating 100% organic food is important. And Well, you know, with all this confusion and, and so many options and things, and quite frankly, people float in and out of this. Well, I was a vegan 10 years ago. Now I don't do it. Now I'm a carnivore, you know, and, and that type of thing. Can we just lay down some basics? And the basics could be like, when in doubt, all right, try to cook it yourself, and it doesn't mean you have to drop everything and do it this very second. That's why I came up with the crock pot. People are busy and they're running around like crazy people. So, you know, you could prepare things in advance. But if you cook it yourself, you know exactly what went into it. And this way there's no, oh my gosh, you know, was this thing polluted with, you know, three grams of salt and I don't even know and whatever. So cooking is... I know it's a rad thought out there, but cooking is cool, right? And it's no longer a four-letter word. Um, and the maybe something else like whole foods. Well, I mean, start with the cooking and using your crock pot, for example. You can use it for a few things. One, batch cook on the weekends. It's a terrific way to pre-prepare foods so that you have it during the week. And you can like freeze what? things. Yeah, give us like an example. example like I made, I, my son came home from college. It's different having multiple people in the house versus being by myself. I batch cooked a bunch of uh, beef stew with a lot of vegetables in it. So I controlled exactly what went into it. I made a big thing of chicken noodle soup. I made turkey carcass soup from someone's Thanksgiving turkey. We were at someone's home. I brought that home. And I again, I loaded everything up with vegetables. In fact, I think a crock pot is a great way to use up vegetables. I do that often. At the end of the week, I go through what's in my produce drawer and I look and see what maybe we didn't eat right away. Otherwise, everything goes in and becomes some type of a soup. There's no shortage of stock that's available or I make stock beans. I always have dried beans on hand. I just, in fact, I just made a batch of dried beans in a rice cooker in a crock pot type of device. And I have them in my refrigerator so I can add those in as protein all week long to salads or if I want to throw it in to another dish. I love prepping. Uh, something else I like to do, I like to take um, 
like vegetables again that I said are going to go instead of making soup. I make a little, um, like little muffin pans out of eggs. So I will mix um, spinach or broccoli and onions and I'll throw in cooked quinoa with eggs and cheese. And I do my own DIY, um, little muffin, um, cups with the eggs. I cook them in the oven, then I pop them out and I stick them in the freezer and I made them myself instead of the ones that are available in the grocery store. I know exactly what's in them. I know that I have better for you ingredients that are in there. I made them a little healthier by putting in quinoa. So I added extra fiber and got some and protein. Some protein in there too. So exactly. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan. You're going to laugh. I have some great pictures. I'm a huge fan of an omelet any time of day. And what I do is I do the kitchen sink omelet. Um, and I could end up having, you know, t wonderful vegetables. And, you know, if you don't have enough time to, you know, like have the fresh meat and all the rest of it, you can get frozen chicken sausages and patties um, and turkey, the same thing. And, um, you know, um, on the skillet, they'll just heat up in no time at all, take five, six minutes. Um, and then all you need to do is add that and you'll get an extra uh, 10, 15 grams of protein on top of the, you know, you, I mean, my omelets have 20 grams of uh, protein in them um, on top of the other. So I'll get a 30 gram omelet and it, it's fulfilling. It feels fantastic. And I don't care what time of day it is. There are times I stumble through the front door is all I can remember because maybe I, I coming back from a trip and there was no time to get, you know, a whole lot of things at the store. So I'll, I'll kind of opt for that. What I'm saying is whatever works for you. And that's why I brought up an omelet because people say, Oh no, that's for breakfast. No, no. Any time of day. Um, you know, it's, it's important to be flexible because we have crazy lives and you can't be rigid. Um, just keep yourself open to simple, healthy ways of being able to, you know, help yourself feel full of all the right foods. And again, that's why I went to the crock pot or quite frankly, the prep, just taking a moment to do prep. Do you listen to music when you're prepping? I love to, <laughs> I, I do. I don't want to say I do that all loud, the time. I've got the uh, A-L-E-X-A devices all over my house. So uh, there's no shortage of music. I know. Yeah. I can't say A-L-E-X-A either, uh, or a lot of things will turn on in this, you know, studio. But um, yeah, I, I listen all the time and, you know, it's just sort of cool. Sometimes I'll be listening to an audible book, you know, something I just want to listen to that's really kind of interesting. And, you know, as you're just prepping away, doing your thing, and it's also fun if you have someone else to prep with you. If, if someone happens to be in the house, family member, friend, whatever, you know, just get some stuff going. And then you've got stuff for the entire week. So there's no excuse saying, oh, there's no food. So I'm going to eat junk. Right. You know, I'll default. But you know, there are other things that people can keep on hand, like having pantry stable uh, food items. You know, I think about the winter time, sometimes people lose power. So it's important to have things, you know, that you can, you know, quick prep. I at least have a gas stove. So even if I lose my electric, I can always uh, get my stove started and make something stovetop. So even like I sometimes have things like pre-cooked rice. They have those bags of the riced cauliflower and the riced broccoli that are shelf stable that you can make that again, 
you know, that you just have to heat up. So that's something pretty easy to do. I also like having ready prepped, um, but I do keep this in my freezer. I like to also have frozen mixed vegetables on hand just in case um, I don't have the opportunity to run out to a grocery You know, there's nothing wrong with them because they're cut immediately and frozen immediately so that you still have, and, and studies have shown, you still have the the majority of all the ingredients are absolutely intact so that when you, you know, defrost them and, and use them for whatever, you're good to go. So, you know, let's not have that purest thing like you didn't, you know, get totally fresh veg. Come on now, you know, let's get with it. It's the 21st century of nuttiness out there. And you've got to be able to be flexible and and also be knowledgeable about what you can actually use. Right. right? And I know a lot of times you can take ingredients that are somewhat pre-prepped for you so that you can just mix them together. And perhaps now you're just reassembling food, which I think isn't a bad thing either. Like I giving you an example of the frozen mixed vegetables. I sometimes like to buy those big udon noodle bowls and people will say, oh my goodness, those are loaded with sodium. Well, they're loaded with sodium if you don't add extra water. You can add extra water to dilute them and then I add in extra vegetables. So that's where I'll mix in either the frozen mixed vegetables, which I'll have just to sort of bulk it up. And then what I'll do is I can add in, I buy frozen cooked shrimp where again, I can just defrost it and I have shrimp ready to go. So I buy little ones and I buy larger sized shrimp that are also ready to go. You can throw in things like when you boil up that water, you could throw in an egg by itself and cook it in the water. And again, it's another way. Eggs are a really inexpensive form of protein. So that's a great way to take what would normally be just a carbohydrate laden dish, add in some protein, add in more vegetables. Now I just sort of like bulked it up with more nutrients than what it came with. And again, I just started with something that was pre-made. Maybe I didn't want to have to look for a broth. I already had a broth and there were some noodles already cooked. So within five minutes, I can make something super easy and delicious and way more nutritious. What is it about protein that is so terribly important for women? Well, protein, the word protein means of prime importance. So we should start with talking about what it means. It's that in protein is the component of our muscles. It's a component of our cells. And what happens is as we age, our protein uh, and otherwise muscle mass in our body, our levels decrease with aging. Some of it is from not using it. So when you hear about the term use it or lose it, it's really important that we keep our bodies moving so that we maintain muscle mass. And it's important for activities of daily living. It's important for things like range of motion. It's important for maintaining bone density. We need our muscles in order to move the rest of our body and in order to maintain our bone density. So, and you and I both take this so seriously. We take our physical activity as serious as everything else that we do with regards to personal grooming. You know, I find exercise as important as brushing my teeth as in, you know, uh, you know, taking a shower and everything else that I do around my house. It's, it's not a burden. It's just a way of life. I wish more people could wrap their heads around it and not think of it as a necessary evil, but what a tremendous gift that we have to have this body and to be able to do things like movement and put in good ingredients in order to allow our bodies to thrive. Well, I think most women have no clue as to how much protein they need. Um, when you're younger, 
I, I think you're taking in a pretty good amount of protein most of the time, assuming you're not on some crazy ass, you know, fad diet or something. But uh, especially as you get older, over the age of 40, definitely over 50 and 60 and beyond, um, what you need to do is have enough protein to maintain as well as build your lean body mass because you got to stockpile that, your muscle. You have to do that. And otherwise, you're going to be feeling that weakness as you go forward. So here's a little rule that I learned from Dr. Stu Phillips, who is with um, the American College of Sports Medicine. Um, and uh, Dr. Stoller and I are both with the American College of Sports Medicine. So we're all kind of like a little crew here. And so what he basically said was the current guidelines that are out there are way too low um, for people in terms of protein. What he prefers is, and I'll do the calculation for you, so calm down, it's, it's all good. Um, so 1.2 to 1.6 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. Let's do an example. So we have a 150 pound woman. I take that pounds divided by 2.2 in order to get kilograms. That ends up being 68 kilograms, right? Now, if I multiply by the highest level, 1.6, I'm going to get over 100 grams of protein. It'll be like about 105, 6, something like that. If I go for, it's a range between 1.2 to 1.6. So the lower part of the range is much closer to 80 grams of protein. So the grand majority of women aren't even close. Um, you know, they're, for some reason, and maybe this is a generational thing, a lot of women basically deferred their protein to dinner like, well, I have a good slug of steak or, you know, like that, you know, salmon filet and whatever. Um, and then the rest of the day, they're just sort of carving it out. You know, they're picking at, at little carby things. And what I'm arguing for, and I want to hear your thoughts on, um, Felicia, is you spread the protein throughout the day, whatever that day may look like, and you spread it out throughout the day so that you start the day out with 30 grams of protein, and you see, I make it all protein-centric, and then all the other food makes sense around it. So, and we'll come up with some examples, say, for instance, for breakfast and lunch and dinner. Um, and then, so if you do, like, you know, 30 here and 30, you already got 60. All you need is another flipping 20. And by the way, if you overdo it with protein, it comes out the other end, It you know, you're going to pee that out. Um, so that's the other... Huge argument. Right, right. But I think the important thing, you know, to remind people is that protein is pretty, amino acids are the building blocks of protein. And they're found in pretty much every food group except fruits. So they are in grains. They are in things like nuts and seeds. It doesn't have to be animal sourced. And they are in vegetables as well. So I just don't want people to think that we're yeah, recommending that you like, right. eat well, let's beans. go through it. You right. know, you can get it in beans, you can get it in tofu, you can get it in quinoa, right. which is a perfect protein. Right. Most people don't realize that, right? Right, right. Okay. Eggs, eggs are yeah. All kinds of legumes. I'm a legume crazy right. person. Dairy products too. If you like yogurt, you like milk. Um, I think that, you know, recognizing that some of the nut or the seed-based milks are not 100% 
the same nutrient profile as far as amino acids go. So just being aware of that, if you are eating um, vegan, you need to really make sure that you're balancing out your essential amino acids and, and ensuring that you're getting complete proteins within the 24-hour cycle. One of the most important of the amino acids is leucine, which is what you definitely get um, if you get the appropriate protein powder, you know, drinks for your shakes. Um, and, you know, that's yet another option um, to be able to get your protein in. You know, clearly having food and fiber and all that great stuff, but sometimes you're running like hell and you need to be able to just quickly throw together a shake because you've got to get that protein happening, you know, first thing in the morning. So, uh, by the way, that's where that omelet came in because that's 30 grams right there. The way I put it all together, it's 30 grams. Um, and don't be delicate saying, oh, I'm a girl and I'm not supposed to eat that. No, 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 no. Right. Stop all that. Right. You know, right. get in there and look at that omelet. I mean, it's not that calorically heavy at all. Right. Um, you know, and it's just going to be filling because of the vegetables and the protein all the way through. That's a smart way to do it and all the crockpot ideas that you've come up with. So protein centric is the way I look at my life because I want to make sure I'm maintaining my lean body mass. What use is it to go to the gym to work out um, and to try to build muscle when to your point, you don't have the amino acids, you know, to be able to do that with. Right. I mean, right. Right. I think it's you, important. You do but I will tell you though, I, I have to say in my experience from watching people around me and the clients that I work with one-on-one, -on -one, I usually find that people get more than enough protein in it. Just it, the people that I sort of interact with, I find I need to remind people to eat vegetables every day because unfortunately they're so confused by which you know, sort of veggies are good or bad for them because there have been so many people and so many different diet styles that have have demonized certain foods. So I think that we can demonize very particular foods when we come from a place where we have full bellies and where hunger isn't an issue. Whereas, you know, we could be a little bit more food elitist, even though I don't like to be that way. I think that good nutrition is within reach for lots of people. We don't have to be so snooty and snobby about it. So in essence, what you're saying, Felicia, is that, you know, protein is absolutely foundational to a woman's nutrition. And I think in the past generations, that was never really stressed to a woman. Um, I think it was kind of left to the guys. It was a bro thing. It was like bro protein. Um, whereas women are now saying, well, wait a minute, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to do my first triathlon. I want to take better care of myself. I'm trying to you know, rid myself of excess fat and really pump up my lean body mass because I need to stay strong mentally, physically, and independent. Um, but in order to do that, you need to have the building blocks or all that time in the gym isn't even going to be worth it. So there, there you have it. Agreed. And, and if I could just add one more thing, and because it's winter time and a lot of people have all these illnesses, we forget that protein's an important part of our immune function too. And we do need protein in order to allow our cells and our body to heal. So even though we were just talking more about muscles, I think with 
us knowing so many people that are a little under the weather right now, we mustn't forget the other role that protein have has in our body, which is to help support a healthy immune system. Oh, I, I mean, amen, amen, definitely. So let, let's go to a couple of other places here because there's so much going on. So small little changes, and we've given you a whole bunch, you know, kind of play with here. Please lead with self-compassion when you're doing this because women especially have a really strange relationship with food and it sometimes it can be like a ridiculous struggle right what do you think absolutely i think that we put so much pressure on ourselves with how we look and um even amongst ourselves i don't think it's necessarily societal i think we amongst uh women uh do that i mean it's amazing uh, how many people I find when I'm in a room full of women start talking about things like weight and what diets people are doing or, you know, it is so much on the, on the external and not really focusing on the internal. And um, so, I- so lead with self-compassion is, right. is really my argument here because this is a, you know, it, it's always a weird thing with women and food. So, when you do that, also leave plenty of time for trial and error. What do you think of that? Absolutely. And I think um, not not focusing on being perfect all the time. We're not all perfect. Nobody else is scoring or judging us. And we should try to let go of a lot of judgment that we have for ourselves and for others. It really lightens your heart and lightens your mind. All right. Now... Women are looking at, you know, ways to be able to be self-compassionate, lead with self-compassion. They're going to trial and error, leave plenty of room for epic fails. Okay, you know, is something burning? Um, You know, anything like that. Or it tastes like, oh my gosh, right? And then the next thing you want to do is come up with a plan and stick with it. So don't be just walking into a grocery store and riffing and and just, well, I don't know, I think I'll wander into produce. No, have a plan. What was that soup you wanted to make and what do you need for that? Write it down, right? There's. I think it's very important to go to the grocery store, first of all, with a list. The other thing I like to do is I sometimes like to go and see what's in season or what's a special. I mean, there's nothing wrong with looking to see what's on special, what's available, maybe getting a few things, then bringing that home and then looking up a recipe. And I mean, I have enough stuff in my house. I could probably make just about anything I want. But a lot of times what I will do is I will see, wow, like there's some certain produce that's in the market that, you know, I want to go home and figure out a recipe for that. And so I will do that or I will experiment and um, look and see what's on sale sometimes in terms of the proteins, what's, you know, what's on sale at my grocery store that week and see if there isn't something I can make or how am I going to repurpose something like I was giving you an example before about turkey. I made soup with it, but something that I've done in the past, if I make like a Thanksgiving turkey or I have a a piece of turkey or a big, even a rotisserie chicken, if we're kind of tired of eating it that way. I might take the frozen mixed vegetables again, you know, the carrots and the peas, and sometimes I get it with lima beans or corn in it. And I might make like a chicken pot pie where I'll take the chicken meat or the turkey meat, I'll cube it, 
I use the frozen mixed vegetables. And then I will sometimes use like the Campbell soup mix. I will use the condensed soup. I won't add milk to it. And I just use it thick and I just add a little bit of water to it, put it together in like a casserole pan. And then I've just gotten something that is going to be a repurposed food, which especially in the wintertime, I like warm food like that. It's really, you know, makes you feel good uh, to be warm from the inside out. And it's a great way, again, to sort of like upcycle or repurpose food so that it feels different making things like quiches and putting those in your freezer. Also great to okay, do too. There are a lot of women out there who, you know, don't cook a whole lot. I mean, they just sort of keep it like ridiculously basic. And so, you know, I encourage women, you know, to be a little bit more adventuresome. And, and to your point, Felicia, you know, wander around a little bit avoiding those aisles that have junk in them. You know what I'm talking about because, you know, come on, um, it's un-American not to have been on at least, you know, a dozen crazy-ass diets and stuff. And it's probably screwed up everybody's head about what they're supposed to eat and what they're not. So you know as well as, you know, yourself um, what the triggers are. Just avoid those aisles. Stick to the aisles with the food where you have focus where you have what you need, you know, the soup aisle, you know, to your point about the Campbell's and the rest of it. Um, I just discovered um, McDougal soups. Um, and I happen to know John McDougal very well. He will be on the podcast very shortly. And um, he is amazing. And uh, the soups, I thought, were fabulous. So, you know, there's some really great um, and in his case, they're not um, in cans. Um, they're in different kind of, uh, you know, uh, very environmentally friendly um, packaging. Tetra Are they in Tetra Pak? Yes. Yeah. And, and they're really great. And so, you know, they're now appearing in some of the bigger uh, uh, stores. And so you might want to check that out. They're also online. And what I'm saying is that you have a lot of options out there. If you fail to plan you plan to fail. And so once again, like I've always, you know, harped about physical activity, you got to plan. You got to have a plan. And so walk in there with a list and also be adventuresome to your point, Felicia, because, you know, maybe you'll discover something like, oh, look what's on sale. I wonder what I could do with that and then run on back and have a little look. And none of this takes a boatload of time, right? Right. Right. Well, at least to me, I find it very easy and I enjoy it. But, you know, trying new foods, I think there's a value in that. I know for myself, in the last five years, I tried persimmons before. I never tried them before. Asian oh, pears are, my, Asian are one of my pear. favorite winter fruits, you know, and I just, I know I don't just eat those plain. I like to eat them with nut butter on it because they're, they're so crispy and crunchy and filled with water. And, you know, think about eating seasonal and what's in season, like right now, citrus fruits are in, are in season, all those little um, tangerines and clementine oranges. Why does nature have all this stuff in season? In the winter, we need more vitamin C, right? I mean, we need vitamin C to support our immune function. So you think about different types of produce that's available during the year. I feel like it's mother nature's way of giving us what we need. We've got a lot of squashes, right? They're in, in season right now. You got acorn squash, butternut squash, delicata squash. They have lots of beta carotene in them. So again, like getting different nutrients throughout the year, those are super easy to make, whether it be in an oven, 
whether it be in a microwave, you can even buy some of that stuff frozen and chopped and ready to go. And again, like looking for different foods, trying new foods. I mean, I always say to my kids, I had to try, we all had to try something one time to see that we liked it for the first time. So being open-minded about trying new foods is a, is a challenge I make. Even to and, adults. you know, here's another thing. I know that a lot of women out there is, you know, as we begin to close up here are wondering about, you know, all the diets and things that are going on out there. I highly recommend that you only go with science. Boy, doesn't that just sound familiar these days, especially, I'm just laughing my head off, um, lead with science. But, you know, we're both scientists, um, and so it's important. So I'm a, a real fan of what we call a time-restricted eating, um, which basically simply means it's circadian. There's a great book out there called The Circadian Code, and it was written by Dr. Sachin Panda, like a panda bear, P-A-N-D-A. Um, and he's at the Salk Institute and he's a good friend. Um, and I think he wrote a fabulous book and he's done incredible research. Bottom line, if you just simply allow for 14 hours when you're not eating, see, I don't use the word fasting. It you know gets people a little weirded out. When you're just plain not eating and 10 hours when you eat. Now, 10 hours leaves you plenty of time to have your meals. Okay, that's 10 hours. And when we've actually met, you and I were at the same meeting uh, at the University of Southern California with Dr. Walter Longo and all those guys. Um, and we were sitting around talking to the scientists from all over the world. Their most favorite uh, algorithm for this was simply eating during 10 hours and then leaving 14 hours. Now, there's a squishy room up there. You can actually extend the time of non-eating to up to 16 hours. It gets trickier because then you only really have two main meals in the day. I, I, I much prefer, when you're starting this out, to do 14. Now, why is this important? Because the circadian rhythm is your biological rhythm. You know, you, you could argue all day long, say, I don't want this rhythm. Yeah, well, that's special and thanks for sharing. But um, the earth continues to go round and round and you have a 24-hour rhythm. You got to swing with it. So, Felicia, you and I both know. Well, that I've been doing it for four years now because of you. And I've, I've, I've switched many people over. I know like I have not had my period in six years. And as far as my menopause symptoms, I felt so much better and most people that I know that I've, you know, if you think about it intellectually, it really makes sense because go back to the days of the cavemen, you know, humans were hunters and gatherers. They spent all day during light daylight hours looking for food and then they were sleeping at night. So we really should only be eating during a finite amount of time and then giving our body a rest. And the reason why we do that is to give our organs a rest in our GI tract so that we're not making hormones all the time that are, you know, that are necessary for digestion 
and for regulating. Well, it's for uh, rejuvenation, regeneration, all of that. And at the same time, there's a circadian rhythm to the secretion of the very hormones that will help us, like insulin. Insulin's best in the morning, and that packages up your little glucose, and this way you can metabolize it. You So that means carbohydrates, heavy carbohydrates, any kind of carbohydrate. But if you download, you know, late at nighttime, and you're having pasta and God knows what else, especially processed stuff, well, that's a guarantee of weight gain right there. I mean, and plus it's incredibly unhealthy. So, you know, look it up, look at the work of Dr. Sachin Panda. Um, and it's, it's so, it's such a brilliant way to go. As far as all the other, and I quote, fasting things out there, you know, I, I don't see a whole lot of um, science behind a lot of that. It's a bit chaotic. It's like, well, you know, once a, once a week, I'll just stop eating. Well, does that make sense? I mean, if you're working out and doing your little thing and back and forth on a regular basis, something that will sustain you and help optimize your body composition, meaning really keep that muscle going and decrease the fat is something like that 1410 plan, which I really find to be as a physician and a clinical scientist, to be very, very effective. But you know, there you have it. Other thoughts that I've had are in my book, The Hunger Fix, you might want to have a little quick look at, um, which is an update on a lot of this as well. So we're bringing this to a close, uh, Felicia. And I mean, you and I could just sit here and talk to all the ladies out there forever in a day. But I think we've we've kind of, you know, shared some very simple, low-hanging fruit kind of, you know, uh, tips, tools, and techniques that people can use to get the journey started on a very healthy foot. What do you think? One, one last statement, maybe a, a tip or a trick or a technique that might help women as they're really contemplating getting on this road. How about I give them two because I think that they're going to Oh, it's a bonus tip. Here it comes. One, I think over the age of 40, if you could switch your alcohol to clear spirits instead of anything colored or wine or the brown liquors, I think it's much easier on the digestion and in terms of metabolizing. I've seen a tremendous difference with women and weight because that's always something that women are cognizant of. We forget the calories that are in alcohol, number one. Number two, I want to just caution people about the non-nutritive sweeteners that are out there. They are not necessarily better for us. You know, when you're just thinking about sugar by itself and thinking about our drive towards sweets and calories and our gut microbiome and how we might be regulating our caloric intake, I caution people that those are not always the have-all be-all. Um, in fact, it's probably the only thing I tell people not to consume. I'm not saying eat a lot of sugar, and I'm not saying eat a lot of sweets, but uh, what I am saying is don't necessarily think that some of these non-nutritive sweeteners are making a food product that's processed any better for you because it's in there, because it's not. Okay, I think that that's fantastic. And um, Felicia, how can people learn more about you? What's the best way? Sure, uh, FeliciaStoller.com, I'm on all social media as Felicia Stoller, F-E-L-I-C-I-A-S-T-O-L-E-R. 
There you go. And Felicia, Dr. Felicia Stoller, we can't thank you enough for sharing your incredible expertise and knowledge um, and just real life stuff because that's who you are. Thank you so much. And everyone run on over right now to iTunes, rate and review this episode because I want to hear from you. And another major shout out to Solaray Vitamins, S-O-L-A-R-A-Y. Run on over to solaray.com to learn more about what you need because, you know, sometimes food is not enough because we live a crazy life and we want to be able to have someone who's got your back, especially with regard to valuable vitamins and nutrients and minerals that we need to be able to support our immune system as well as our health and well-being. All right. Oh, what a wonderful episode. Now, I'm going to be waiting for your feedback, so you better get it on over to me ASAP. And I am Dr. Pam Peek. I am host of the Her Podcast. Follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peek or Twitter and Instagram at Pam Peek MD. And I want to say that we are on Radio MD, iTunes, and all the major platforms. So follow every episode of the Herb Podcast on those platforms. Ah, oh, what a wonderful, wonderful time with you, Felicia. All I can say is everyone out there, thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay well.